Stay with the promise. Stay with the promise. If God ever gives you a promise, stay with it. If you don't have anyone given to you by God, stay with the promise that God gave to Abraham. Because Abraham is your father. So stay with the promise. Whether you have one now that you can't even remember. But you can remember that God made a promise to Abraham. Stay with that promise. Glory to God. Where we are today, what we are going to be observing from now on is all because we stay with the promise. God is able to fulfill his promise. God is mindful of his promise. He doesn't even say a word without working with the word to bring it to pass. If there is anything Lord honors more, it is even the word more than his name. Listen to this. The Bible tells us the walls were framed by the word of God. And even the wall is being sustained by the word of God. So if he gives you a word, he will not only give it to you, he will also sustain the word. Because he created the universe with the word, he sustained the universe with the same word. Therefore, if he gives you a word, he's sure to perform it. So stay with the promise. Let me tell you, neighbor, stay with the promise. God is never too late. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 1. Like my friend would say, say 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians 1. And verse 21 I'm going to read. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 21. The Bible says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And I want you to take the last portion of this verse. What brings transformation? What brings life to anybody? Is believing what is being preached. God is not using methods to save people. When we talk about save here, the word is sozo, and it has to do with your well-being, your freedom, your health, everything about your life. I'm not talking about being saved in terms of confession. I'm talking about you being made whole. It takes fully net of preaching to save them that believe. Why is it foolishness? Because when you look at what the word is, to the natural man, it is foolishness. When messages have been preached, to the man who is not well informed, it is foolishness. But God is using foolishness to save those who believe. You better believe in the word that you are hearing. You better believe in the gospel that you are hearing. Because there is salvation during. That is a method God has put in place to save those who believe in what is being told. To believe means to trust. To entrust your spiritual being and all your life into the hand especially of Christ. That's what it means to believe. Hallelujah. 
your change is coming. I say, your change is coming. Go to Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. Galatians 3 verse 29. It takes the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Ha, glory to God. You want to be saved? You have to believe. How do you believe? You have to hear. How do you hear? Something has to be preached to you. It takes the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Are we there in Galatians? Stay with the promise. Galatians 3 29, the Bible says, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. The Amplified says, And if you belong to Christ, in him who is Abraham's seed, then you are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs according to the promise. Now, I want you to understand. You will find time on your own to go study the life of Abraham. The wealth of Abraham, the strength of Abraham, the power of Abraham, the glory of Abraham. Now, the Bible says you are an heir to all of those glories. By implication, if Abraham is your father by faith through belief, you can't be anything less than what your father is supposed to be. The Bible says you are an heir to the promise, the promise of Abraham. In other words, your inheritance is tied to what was promised to Abraham. Now, if you study the life of Abraham, you can be able to begin to estimate where you are now. Whether you have become an heir or you are stepping into airship. Hallelujah. That's what makes me to feel and to know that I have not even studied. Hallelujah. The word promise, epigalea in the Greek, it means an announcement. For information, I set on pledge, especially a divine assurance of good. Now, what I'm looking for, or what I want you to pick there, is an announcement. In other words, God makes an announcement, or made an announcement to Abraham. Are you see that? He made an announcement to Abraham about what he intends to do with Abraham. An announcement for information. Asset or pledge, especially a divine assurance of good. That is why it is good news. Because it's a divine assurance of good, and there is an assurance of an announcement that have gone forth to the life of Abraham, who is supposed to be your father. Connect to the promise. You are a child of promise. Are you still there with me, somebody? You can't be anything less than who your father is. No way. You can't be anything less than who God intends you to be. Because he sent you here as an heir to Abraham's promises. If you look at Acts chapter 3 verse 26. Like I said, today is a day of rejoicing in my spirit. I probably may not definitely going to take a lot of your time, but just listen to this. If you look at Acts chapter 3 verse 26. I see the wind blowing and bringing some refreshment into your life. 
kind of refreshing. It's like people who are weary on a journey and begin to see the kind of wind coming in and the people are rejoicing and they are feeling relaxed. And it's like the wind is bringing some strength into their muscles and I'm seeing healings taking place. God is blowing some breeze across this place right now. And God is touching people right here for refreshment. It's a new day and it's a new season. Hallelujah. I keep on hearing that. You see, the book of Song of Solomon, the Bible says, Here was this man talking, say, Blow all not we, blow all south upon your garden. And let the spices thereof begin to show forth. There are spices within you that will be coming forth at this moment because there's a wind that is coming upon your life from the east, from the north. It is God's own wind. Blow upon my garden, the world says. I like the spices, the beauty, the aroma, the glory. And the people begin to spring forth. The wind is blowing. Praise God. Now, in Acts 3.26, the Bible says, Until you first God, speaking to the Jews, Having raised up his son, Jesus sent him to bless you in turning away every man of you from his iniquities. So in the first place, two things happens here. When God sent Jesus into your life, he forgave your past, he forgave your iniquity, he cleansed it all out. Number one blessing. The number two that you will plug into the inheritance of Abraham because you are Abraham's seed through Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm taking you on a very simple journey this morning that you have to disconnect from your, what you call your biological past. Because that's been one of the major hindrances in making it difficult for you to get into the promises that God has for you. You have to disconnect with your biological past and plug into your divine genealogy. Praise the Lord. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 10. What do you do? What did you really do to connect to this? How, how is it that God began to locate you? What did you do? That is where that vision came in. And look at this man struggling religiously to get God's favor. And you're so emaciated, looking like broomstick. <laughs> and you're not telling and say, please, 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 it's not like that. It is by grace. What did you do? What, what was it that you really did that made you to be connected to Christ? And somebody say, well, the day I accepted Jesus, as if you went on your own, as if it was by your power you accepted Jesus. The Lord have to say this to those people. No man can come unto me except the Father draw him. Glory to God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. Verse number 14. Your struggling days are over. 
Don't forget it takes the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. <laughs> Amen. Are you there in Deuteronomy? Look at this. Behold, God is speaking to Israel. The heaven and the heaven of heaven is the Lord's, thy God. And yet also with all that therein is. The heaven and the heavens and even the earth belongs to God. Hallelujah. Verse 15. Only the Lord have the delight in thy fathers to love them. Who is the father he's talking about here? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not your biological father from your village. Are you them? And he chose their seed after them. And even above all people, as it is this day, he chose their seed after them. In other words, when God looked at Israel, he wasn't just looking at Israel to give them a promised land. He was looking at Abraham. He was looking at Isaac. He was looking at Jacob. Remember this. God made covenant with fathers and established a covenant with children. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Only the Lord had delight in thy fathers to love them. And he chose their seed after them. Now connect this to the book of John chapter 15 very quickly. In other words, the glory that Israel entered into was not because of their strength. Inheriting the promised land was not because they worked too hard. It was a choice of God because of their fathers. Glory to God. It means when you connect to the father that God loves, you become a chosen one. Amen? Look at the book of John chapter 15 and verse number 16. You have not chosen me. Praise the Lord. You have not chosen me. But I have done what? Chosen you. And ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. So when God chooses a people. He doesn't just choose them. He chooses the people and ordains the people. That ordination means he empowers them to be able to bring forth fruit. So when God chose Israel because of their fathers, there was something he deposited in their life to cause them to succeed. Are you there with me? You have not chosen me. In other words, you didn't make a choice to be my disciple. I made the choice. Glory to God. Are you still there? It is not your intention to come to me. I made you to come to me. And because I chose you, I also ordained you. By implication, I empowered you on your inside and deposited some things in your life so that you can succeed. Now, can you see what God said in Deuteronomy 10 there? 
I chose you because I love your fathers. If I may remind you, I mentioned this when I was preaching in River State two days ago. And I think I've mentioned that also in this local assembly. Can you picture the people that God called his beloved people, the people he loved called Israel? Israel was one family of one man called Jacob. Out of Jacob came forth the twelve tribe. But out of the twelve tribe, only two women were actually married. The rest were simply concubines and slave girls. Now to you, these are not qualified to receive anything from God. But God made a choice and changed your destiny. So you can't go there and tell them, you orphans, you uh, bastard children, you whatever. I, I, am I talking to somebody? God is going to change your name. When he chooses you, he changes your identity. People who shall have been insulted became the ones who inherit the promised land. Because you can literally walk to them and say, what are we talking about? Do you know how you came to life? Am I, am I talking to someone? But because of the glory that was around them, there was no one that can die. In fact, when they were coming out of the wilderness, fear were gripping people. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I ordained you that you may go and bring forth fruit. So that is fruit in your life. You shall produce in the name of Jesus Christ. Stay with the promise. Hallelujah. Talks about whatever I shall ask in the Father in my name, he may give it to you. But I want to take this last scripture. Like I told you, I'm not going to take your time today. I got so much joy on my inside and I believe that God is working towards bringing forth certain things that ordinarily mouth cannot speak about. A glorious weight. An immense measure of glory. And they'll be showing forth. Lord is reminding me of the life of Jesus. And when he performed the signs of wonders and the people say that is the beginning of his showing forth of his glory. That means the glory was on the inside of Jesus until he turned water into wine. Are you still there with me? Now as you go forth to become productive, you will also come to the place of showing for the glory that's on your inside. Is there. But it has to be shown forth. Isaiah 52. Are you there with me? Stay with the promise. If you don't have one. Stay with the promise of your father. Because you are an heir to the throne. Glory to God. Are you there in Isaiah 52? Look at number one. Hearken to me. In other words, listen. Yea, that follow after righteousness. In other words, those of you who want to live right. What does it mean to live right? You live right by, by simply the instruction God has given to you. Who is a righteous man? A righteous man is a man that believes whatever thing God says. Just in case you don't know. A righteous man is not just the issue of you don't drink alcohol, you don't smoke, you don't do, you don't do that. That is not what it stands for. A righteous man simply means the man who follows everything that God says. Stay with the promise. 
Hallelujah. Ye that follow of the righteousness. Ye that seek the law. Look unto the rock. Wherein you are hewn. What does that mean to you? It means if there is a rock. You are a stone. And the stone have the same identity with the rock. So if Jesus is the rock. You are a fragment of Jesus. If you will. Are you still there with me? Somebody can't seem to see what I'm saying yet. Look unto the rock. Where you are. In other words, let your thought and identity be focused as died of Christ. Listen to me. If Jesus is a rock in the Bible, the Bible says, you are hewn from that rock. That means Christ is like a quarry where you are cut out. And listen to me. Every particle of that rock is the same with the query that it came from. That means your source, your origin is Christ. Meaning you don't belong to where you think you came from. You are not from Agudama. You are not from Obey. You are not from Ezero. Just talk to me. You are not from Ikwere. You are not from... Am I talking to somebody here? You are not from Engwe. You are not from Ibide. Your source is Jesus Christ. That's a rock where you came from. That's why the Bible calls us lively stones. Everybody who gave birth to us, they are all surrogate people. Jesus didn't come from Mary. Jesus came from God. But Mary brought him here. Your parents brought you here. Am I talking to somebody? Your identity is God. You are not from anywhere. Am I still talking to someone here? Praise God. Where do you come from? Hallelujah. Look onto the rock. In other words, are you having problems? Look back from the query where you came from. The natural man. Listen. It takes the foolishness of preaching to save them that you believe. You have problems? Look back to the rock. Go back to your source. Go back to your origin. Look back to the rock. You see that Shinomite woman? She got this revelation. When Elisha prayed and brought forth the baby, and the baby died, she took the baby and was going back to Elijah. People said, What's the problem? It is well. Why was she saying this way? Because I got him from a source and I can take him back to the source and if the source could do nothing, okay, fine. But I believe even before she gets that the source will, will definitely speak well. Look unto the rock. Don't look unto circumstance. Circumstance will fail you. Men will even fail you. But look back to where you came from. Know where your identity is. Know that your blessing didn't come from man. It came from God and stay with that. Stay with the promise. And to the whole of the pit where you are digged. But I like verse 2. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you find anything in verse 2? Look unto who? Unto Abraham your father. You don't have two fathers. You have one father. Are you still there? 
Joseph was not the father of Jesus. Mary was not the father of Jesus, the mother of Jesus. God was his father. Why is he saying, look, what does the word father mean? Father means a source. So what is he saying? Hey, look here. You, those of you who need to live by what God says, those of you who need to stay by what the promises of God are all about, take the example from your source. And your source is who? Is Abraham. You don't have two fathers. One father. Are you still there? Hallelujah. Now, 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 listen to me. Those of you who think you have to suffer from gener generational causes, you have to begin to look at who your father is now. Abraham had no cause one beat in his life. In fact, the word says, they that curse you, I will cause. And they that bless you, I will bless. So there is no cause over your life because your father is who? He's Abraham. You can't come tell me story. There's a cause in my family. I don't know anyone about that because I'm not connected there. The day I received Jesus, listen to me. What does it mean you to be born again? Born again means you were born once and you have to be born a second time. When you were born once, you had blood in you. If you born a second time, another blood comes into your life. So I don't have the blood of my community. And if there is a cause in that blood, it cannot attain to me because I have another blood. Am I talking to somebody? So whether there are diseases in your family, they are going to stop because you are born again. I gave them a story, and I think I've given you that story here some time ago. I used to have a friend. The family people used to die before 40. 30, 35, they must die. And there were three boys, and they were doing well. Senior one died when he was about 36. The next one to that one died when he was about 33. And then the youngest one finished from Ebbover University. And he looked at his situation and said, something is wrong here. He plugged his life into God. The guy is one, I don't want to mention his name. If I mention you, we know. But today, he's one of the, the top government functionaries in Asaba. He's still alive. All those ones are dead and gone because they could not connect to the original source. They were still walking by the traditional belief of where they came from. They fed away job people. But God was speaking to this boy. You are not any German. Begin to locate your source. And today he's alive. He's not dead. The other two are gone. And they were singing a song you did. In this family, people are not going to 40. But that guy is above 40 already. And that guy will clock as many years as God has ordained for his life. Because he disconnected with his biological blood. He received another blood. It takes the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Don't sing a song. Listen to me. I keep on telling you this because the Bible says, Paul will say one thing. He said, forgetting the past. Remember that? And looking forward to the mark of the high calling of God for which I'm apprehended. Anybody that will always remind you of your past is not preaching good news. Are you still there with me? If there are things that must run to your family and they are still there and somebody is reminding you about them because you want to take advantage of your foolishness to conduct deliverance for you, it simply shows for one strong reason it's making you to be in sorrow. It has no good news. If you are truly born again by belief, by faith, your blood has changed. So if there's a sickness in your family, it has ended. By you hearing me now, it can't cross over. Am I talking to you? 
I gave you a story some time past. Listen, I'm just telling you some of the things that have really, really happened in my life. I gave you a story. I gave you a story some time ago. You know, in my family, where I grew up, my grandfather, my great grandfather, whatever, there was a belief that they don't live in a blockhouse. And when that thing came, I'm not saying somebody said it. It was spoken to me in a vision. Because we had the intention to build a house for my father. And then the night, how this voice said, don't you know in this family they don't build a blockhouse? I said, well, it has ended. We are building a blockhouse. And we build a house. Now I'm alive. Did I die? Because I built a blockhouse? Because I'm not connected. It's in that family, I'm no longer in that family. Look to Abraham, your father. I know my source. If you want to believe, believe. If you don't want to believe, don't pray religion because you will die. Are you sitting there with me? You better believe or forget about it. Don't try to play religion. Believe it and believe it completely. With all your heart. I believe in Jesus. I know what he can do for me. I know his blood can cleanse me. I know his word can sanctify me. I believe in Jesus. Look unto your father. And unto Sarah that bear you. Glory to God. Now, maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. Was it Abraham and Sarah that gave back to the 12 tribe of Israel? Come on. Are you there? That means in your heart of heart, you must begin to disconnect with your past. Don't belong there anymore in your thinking. Don't allow your culture bind you to certain diseases and problems and causes that will continue to walk in your life. And you think that God's power and his blood is not available. Abraham is your father. Are you a student? You are not from Ibudu. You are not from anywhere. You are from God. Abraham is your father. Look unto the source of your life. And he says, now look at the next thing I want, I want you to see. For I call him alone. And I bless him alone. And I increase him alone. Listen to me. You know what he's saying here? You belong somewhere. And by the time I invited you and you responded, I am going to bless you separately from your people. Do you understand? That means for everyone that he calls, he has something specific to do with that individual. I call him alone. I bless him alone. I increase him alone. Three stages of your development in life. The first thing is to walk into what God says. And the next thing is to begin to connect to the blessing. Thereafter, there's an increase of that which you're going to receive. So your weight will never diminish in the name of Jesus Christ because it's coming from a source which is God himself. Man may try to do what they are trying to do. But I'm assuring you this morning, as long as your source is God, Christ himself, 
Whatever thing he blesses you with, man can't take it from you. Look at the next thing. And this is a prophecy for the church today. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. Can I hear an amen to that? He will comfort all our worst places. If there is any damage that has been done in your life, there is going to be comfort coming into it. Any wastage, in any form, the Lord shall not only comfort Zion, he shall comfort all her wet places and will make her wilderness like what? Like Eden. And a desert like what? The garden of the Lord. What is going to follow? Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. The Lord shall comfort Zion. Hallelujah. It is true you've gone through so many things, but I want to tell you this morning, get your eyes back onto your source and there shall be joy and rejoicing in your house. Command can never. Maybe I need to read something that you have never seen. Go to verse 12. God is not just making these promises. It's not just making. Are we there, verse 12? Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. Now, I want to read from the Amplified, I mean, the Living, the, the Message Translation. Are we there in verse 12? Living Translation. Are we together in verse 12? I, even I, I am that that comforted you. Who art thou that thou should be afraid of a man that shall die? And of the Son of Man, which shall be made as grass. You know what they're asking? Listen, I'm going to comfort you. Why are you afraid of man? Why are you thinking man will do you anything? Who are you? It's like saying you don't understand who you are. I've already been telling you boastfully because of the Lord. Remember the Bible said, if any man will boast, let him boast that he does what? He knows God. I've already been telling you boastfully and I keep on saying it anywhere, anytime. No man born of a human being can destroy David. Somebody said, this is so strong. <laughs> you are tempting the witches. They can do nothing. I know what I'm talking about. And of course, my church knows that I don't believe in witches. But I know they exist. Because to them that believe, all things are possible. Come on, am I talking to somebody? There's a big difference between believing and knowing something. If you know Jesus, he can't walk. You have to believe in Jesus or he don't walk for you. And here is the one saying, who are you that you are so much afraid, Zion? Why are you afraid, church, that a human being, born of a human being, can destroy you or destroy your life or destroy your properties? Hear the promise of God this morning. For those of you who believe in the promise. Are you still there? <laughs> Glory to God. Look at this one. He says, I'm reading from the, um, the message now. I am the one comforting you. What are you afraid of? Or who? You answer that. What are you afraid of? Or who are you afraid of? I am the one that comforts you. Comfort is coming your way. And God is busting to you this morning. You dare not be afraid of any situation. You dare not be afraid of any man. I am the one comforting you. I am the one reestablishing you. I am the one putting this in place. All your waste places, I am going to comfort. Have you lost anything? God wants to replace it double. Can you picture Job? 
Hallelujah. Job got everything double. But God will reward you double for all your troubles. Hallelujah. Some man or woman who will soon be dead. Read it. I didn't write this one. And if God is going to do it, quick, oh Lord. <laughs> Somebody say, I've never seen David pray this kind of prayer before. It's not prayer. I'm answering to what God said. For those who will trouble Zion. For those who want to trouble your life. And the lost space, whether man or woman. He said it, not me. <laughs> so why are you afraid of them? For the men or women who want to trouble your life. Why are you afraid of them? Except you don't connect to the source. But if you connect to who your source is. This is God's promise for you today. In the name of Jesus Christ. And look at some poor wretch destined for dust, poor wretched people. They can't take your blessings, people. They can't take your life. They can't take your glory. They just can't take it. Hallelujah. Look at verse 13. You have forgotten me, God, who made you, who unfolded the skies, who founded the earth. And here you are, quaking like an earth. You know the world, you are shaking. A bit. Come on, are you, are you getting what I'm talking about? You are here, you forgot about me because of the problem. You are quaking, your heart is failing you because of minor problem. And you feel somebody calls that, I am going to take charge of that individual. In other words, the only reason why our heart can be shaken is when we forget ourselves. Glory to God. Before the tattoo of a tyrant, who thinks he can kick down the wall? But what will come of the tattoos? The victims will be released before you know it. In other words, if you are trapped in any situation, there is freedom for you in the name of Jesus. Say this to Zion. I come with good news this morning. Now all your troubles, God will rebind this double for you for all the issues you've ever passed through in life. You are going to receive them double. Are you still there with me? Can you see that? The victims will be released before you know it. In other words, when your deliverance is coming, you will least expect it. So stop crying. Come on, wipe your tears here. Is anybody sorrowful? Rejoice. For in Zion there shall be gladness and rejoicing. Am I talking to somebody? I don't like reading this, but I'm still going to read it. All the tattoos, all those who are in captive, look at what he's saying. They are not going, I mean, they are not going to die. They are not even going to be hungry. What is he saying? If you think you are in captivity, you won't go hungry. Are you still there with me? Neither will you die in the hands of men. You go back home and read the whole of that chapter. Are you still there with me? Who are you afraid of? God is asking you this morning. Is it man? Is it woman? Is it circumstance? Did you forget your source, which is God? And you think one man, one woman, born of a human being, has right over your life? Not at all. 
I've come to announce to you there's a promise which has to do with an announcement of an information that has to do with the goodness of God upon your life. I carry good news, not bad news. And I see you victorious. He said the captive will soon be released and you don't even know when they are going to be released. In other words, before you know it, your freedom is here. Praise the living God. Is anybody in this house this morning with an understanding that you need to stay with the promises? Stay with the promise. God bless you.